0: Does God answer prayers? Yes, to me because I'm a living witness of this. But when one has been praying for a particular thing for more than six years and you have not seen the results, instead of the situation to get better, it's going the other way. I've been out of jobs since 2012. I have prayed faster to get another job or get engaged in small business. But this has been futile. I, 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 I tried my hands on some small business and there's nothing to show for it. My question is, why has my prayer, my question is, Why has my prayer, with regards to the above situation, why has it not been answered? And my answer is this. That is a very good question. An excellent question you have asked. The only problem with your question is that you have directed it to the wrong person. It is not me, you should ask. It's God, you should ask. Because there is no way I can answer that question. Now, but the point I want to bring out here is this. When you practice things and it doesn't work, ask God. Don't leave it. Don't do PR for God. Don't cover it. Ask him, sir, sir, I did one, two, three, four, as it is written. Why did it not work? The disciples went to Jesus. Why could we not cast him out? Tell us. That's where revelation comes in answer to prayer. Is the African culture that is affecting us. That you don't ask elders. <laughs> that once they say something, you mustn't ask them again. So we think that it is disrespectful to ask God. It's not. When you have practiced it, go to God. Look, God is different. If you ask him, what did I say wrong? He will tell you. If you didn't ask him, what did I do wrong? He will only tell you what you said wrong and leave you with what because you didn't ask him. So if you know how he is, so when you say, what are the things, everything you know, God in heaven, that I did not do right. Do you understand? Because God is very specific. Right? Right? So, you go to him and ask him because there is no way any person just in their own minds can answer. For example, Isaiah 58. Alright? Let's look at 58 here. This is what we're saying. Cry aloud, he told the prophets. peer not, lift up the voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and house of Jacob their sins. Now, the only way I will be able to minister that to you is if you ask God, I one day I'm preaching and I just say something and it's the answer to your prayer. But if you come and ask me for my brain, it's not possible. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right. So it says, cry aloud, spare not. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our souls? They were asking God. And thou takest no knowledge. Then God began, Behold, this is the problem. In the day of your fast, you find pleasure, you go around the whole place enjoying yourself, you exact all of your labors. Behold, you fast for strife, you are arguing during the day of strife, fighting with people, debate, smite with the things of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. He told them, Is this the fast I've chosen? Is it not a day, for, is it a day to, for a man to afflict his soul and do all of this? Verse 6. He says, is not this the fast that I've chosen, you lose the bands of wickedness, which means forgive people, let the oppressed go free, break every yoke, any form of bondage you're exacting, deal your bread to the hungry, bring the poor that are cast out, all right? Thou hide not yourself from your flesh, and then in it, then shall thy light. So God told them what was wrong, because they asked him, and he said, if you do it this way, this is what will happen. All right. Now this doesn't mean that two years after, if they couldn't get something and they went to God, it's the same thing he'll say. It might be something else he will address them. So you have to ask God in terms of specifics. Let me tell you this. And this was the time I respected Copeland. All right. Went through the roof here, Brother Copeland. He said at a point in his ministry they were running on a deficit of a million dollars every year, three consecutive years. That his son looked like son in law, the son in law said Let's sell some of our properties to do that. He said, if we sell it this year, when we are in deficit next year, what are we going to sell? That we have to find a solution. And, he, I mean, he, had, he was doing conferences, 15,000, 10,000 people were there. And he said, look, it's not by like going to the people and trying to raise money for them will solve it. So he went on a fast to ask God what exactly was wrong. And he said, while he was on the fast, God told him. Now, this is when you start hearing specifics. God said to him, 16 years ago, you came to meet me and asked me, how will your ministry be financed effortlessly? And I told you to separate 10% of your income and give it. He said, you jumped up from the place of prayer and started rejoicing that you had discovered the secret. He said, your giving life was so heavy that it took 16 years for your mistake to catch up with you. He said, you did not allow me to complete that statement when you jumped up. What The end of the statement is, give it to the poor. So it's what God says to you. Do you get what I'm saying here? You can just get up and just say, well, I heard God told me, oh, I should give 30% of my money, and you didn't hear exactly what he was saying. So God speaks, and God told them, they changed that, and everything fell into place. So there is no way any human being can possibly but i took that question so that you know you can talk to god and understand that now quickly number 11 here It says this number 11 according to acts which is very good question 12 3, 3 to 17 peter was in prison we know this. certain disciples were praying for god's intervention eventually when peter was miraculously released from prison they could not believe rhoda when she came to inform them that peter was knocking at the door because they were praying in doubt in fact he said she was mad was their prayer in any way relevant to the miraculous release of Peter from prison? Now, there's a very powerful story behind this. In other words, these are people, and I don't believe this, who are praying, and this is so bad, you know. If, I mean, if you just said, are you sure, you know, you can say that there is unbelief trying to contaminate faith. But there was no thought of it here. The old lady said, I, I mean, it's not even that. The, she said, I heard his voice and ran in. Peter, Peter is at the door. Peter, I mean, that's the kind of way you are praying. You should be happy. Yeah, God has answered. And you tell the person why you are praying, you are mad. <laughs> and you are praying and you tell the person you are mad. And then she says, no, I'm telling you. I heard Peter. Peter is there. And then you say it is his ghost. In other words, this man has died. That is his ghost that came from the grave, those people could not have in faith. Alright? So what happened to Peter? Because you are trying to find out then how then did Peter get out? Second Peter chapter one, verse fourteen, let's use scripture to trace this because it's very interesting. And I want to talk about a point here. Knowing that shortly, this is what Peter said, I must put off this tabernacle as the Lord Jesus Christ had showed me. So, Peter was saying that his death, Jesus had given him prior knowledge as to how he was going to die all the time in there. Now, what's the background to all of this? When we look at Luke chapter 22, from verse 30 to 34. Alright? Okay? The Bible says that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on the thrones judging Israel. Now, this was at the, what you call the Last Supper. And then the Lord said, Simon, Simon. That's Peter. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Which means, this death. They will sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Then he said, when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. And then verse three. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee to prison and to death. Jesus said, he told, told him, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny you know me. Then we go to Luke, sorry, John chapter 21 from 15 to 18. So, Jesus had said, Simon, Simon, you are going to, he said, Satan has asked to sift you afraid. When you are converted, strengthen the brethren. So, he now came after resurrection and when he died, Jesus said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He said, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, feed. By lambs or strengthen your brethren. What was said here? Verse 17. He said again, said, verse 16, sorry. Verse 16. He said again, second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He said, yea, hey, thou knowest nice I love thee. He said unto him again, feed my sheep. Verse 17. He said the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter got angry because how can you be with somebody? And every time, Simon, Simon, do you love me? He said, I love you. Even if your wife is saying that, you will say, what is the problem? Is there something? <laughs> what's going on here? All right? Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Do you love me? Ah, I said, I love you. Do you love me? You will behave like that. Please, what is all this? I what, 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 all right? <laughs> so then we say it in the morning. We say it again. Like that. All right. But this one, right? One minute after the other. He said he was grieved. Now why did Jesus make him say it three times? Because he denied him thrice. So he was cancelling it. Something in his consciousness. Then he got there and says, Thou knowest nice, I love thee, Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Then he it in the cracker here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is what Jesus was saying after he had prayed for him, he got out of the situation. He said, when thou was young, thou gathers thyself, and walketh with her, thou goest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy heart, and another shall get there and carry thee with that thou goest will not. In other words, Jesus told Peter, you will grow old. Told him about what will happen in his old age. So the prayer of Jesus secured the life of Peter. He didn't just take him death away in that situation, he permanently removed it from the life of Peter. So when Peter was even asleep, it was intercession of Jesus that he has made. The point here is this, you can pray things into the lives of people that cannot be reversed. And parents, you need to pray things in the life of your children. Don't wait. Alright? You can pray things, which means you know they are going to get married one day. So pray the right people into their lives. Alright? Pray, not because, if you are praying when they have fallen in love, it's not easy. (laughs) Because they have fallen. Alright? So pray those prayers. So even if they come with the wrong person, a crazy man, and you look at him, you will just find out, instead of being disturbed, there is peace. Because when you were praying, you didn't know what you were praying about, but the Holy Ghost was tackling that man, and tackled that man, and broke that man's influence over your child, such that something will soon happen, and everything will be scattered without you having to say anything. Jesus wasn't there when the angel came to are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. So you can do that. And that's the lesson I want to say here. You can pray things into the lives of people, alright, that will last a lifetime. Parents can do this. Here. Yeah. Alright, quickly, um, 12 here. I have just 10 minutes here. It says, I will appreciate if you give practical steps on how to maintain a vibrant prayer altar considering that traffic effectively <laughs> increases work hours. Now, listen to me. The way I took this question is a very good question. Because we have to be careful. If you are teaching and somebody genuinely has traffic issues, wait two hours to get to work, three hours to get back. Now, which in my entire life, I well don't, no no i have no experienced. Why was I this church experience? If I, you have to wait, because if you left where we used to live in Normal phase two, if you left at seven, you get there at 10. If you left at nine. 30 you get home at 10 because of traffic. So you just wait. So when people say, "Why are you waiting?" Ah, I'm going, "No, no, no. Ah, are you sure?" I say, "It's the same time you get home because <laughs> the traffic will have gone by 9:30, 10. So you just get home there, all right? But if you preach it and you, you don't have constitution for people's lives, and just if you pray people can come under guilt, all right? So the practical outworking of this, all right? Let I me mean, just quickly, so I get it. So what you do is you pray without season. Now, of course, person said, "I'm in traffic now." You can pray in your car and turn it into an altar, but I think from what he's saying, he's not in the car alone. All right, there are people in the car, so what then do you do? Because you can't just start, you know, driving and, and doing that. Now, so the important thing I would suggest is this that you can do as a practice within your life. During the time, maybe Saturday or Sunday, when you have ample free time, all right, or at least there's some breather there spend considerable amount of time praying in the spirit in other words you can stay there and you can pray two three hours in the spirit because when you do that you build momentum you build an anointing you push things so that when you get into monday the truth is if you've pushed and broken through by the time you get in monday once you start praying 20 minutes you'll hit the gosher all right now, you do that and pray that maybe 30 minutes and then maintain those small packets of prayer and the consciousness of God's presence because you're praying with thousands and declaring the word of God small here and maintain that and then take it to that point and then have extended times, all right, there in prayer. And then the prayer point should be that God should reorganize your life where traffic shall not be. Are you following me? saying here? A problem there. Okay. All right, quickly, um, 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 now, number 13... And I will just take one more here. Because this is a, this is a very important question. Alright. 13 here. My question is, if so praying in your heart, confessing prayers, uh, please, uh, is praying in your heart effective, but I tend to pray in my heart a lot. Will I get similar results as compared to somebody who is praying out loud? Alright? Which means quiet prayer. First Samuel chapter 1, 12 and 13. First Samuel 12 and 13. Alright? It came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. The Bible says she was praying before the Lord. Now Hannah... She spoke in her heart only. Her heart, only her lips moved, but the voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought. All right? So, praying out loud, you can pray quietly, and it's as effective. In fact, Kenneth Hagin says that when he's preparing for meetings, he has found out that praying quietly, you store more anointing in yourself than when you pray out loud. All right? Remember, it is God hearing the prayer, not your neighbors. Some people pray like it's the neighbors that are answering the prayer are not God, which means the neighbors have heard, but God has not heard the prayer, and God is not hearing with physical ears, he's hearing from the heart, do you understand what I'm saying here, yeah. which means you are a champion to the neighbors, but the issue is pray quietly, okay, so you pray there, all right, from your heart, so quiet prayers, all right, as effective, all right, because if you exhaust yourself physically in shouting, the more tired you are in the physical realm, the less impact you have in the spiritual realm. And some people sweat and sweat and sweat and it's from all of the directions in prayer which is not really communion with God but it could actually simple be by going to the gym. Do you get what I'm saying here? In other words, what you have done is bodily exercise that profited little. So you gain something from that time which is your feet are But Whether or not, there was real communion with God. Now, you can pray out loud and you're communicating but I'm saying the emphasis alright, should be on that heart communion with God. Now, the true one question I want to take, because they are very good questions. Now, the first one is this. Alright? This is a very, very good question. So, please, I want to ask, uh, alright, is it that whether we pray God's will or whether we pray or not, God's will will, God will do whatever he wants to do? And the reason why the person is asking that sometimes I pray for certain things and really trust God, but it doesn't happen. And sometimes some things I really don't pray about happens. Alright? sometimes you ago you mentioned in your message that if there's improvement this second question in our condition and we are now happy and trusting in the process that god will make it work in order won't make it work in order for us to refocus our minds in trusting him fully i want to answer does this mean that that improvement wasn't god's will or if the improvement had been god's will god will now take it away just to prove a point all right but, but let me just quickly say the first one here which is a very very good question all right okay now the truth is god is a god who answers prayers the lord's prayer says that uh, that will be done on the earth as it is in heaven however what you just described is very interesting and significant okay because what you're saying is you pray about some things that don't happen there are some things you don't pray about and they happen now things happen as a result of cause and effect in other words something that triggered that particular event there now for example now just look at this in practical terms. There's a young man who is a young man who is in school all right has no money, no form of earnings he has no intention of raising a child but he's going around doing things all over town that can cause a child to be conceived yet he comes home at night to pray earnestly that he will not have a child. but wakes up in the morning to do exactly what it costs. What is going to happen? A child is going to come. In other words, alright, it is what you do that makes things happen. Do you get what I'm saying here? So, what we're saying is that when things happen that you didn't pray about, just look at it in that light. It means you are doing things. That actually, and you don't know this. And when we say you are praying for something, what you are praying about that hasn't happened, it means you haven't done what you are to do to make that thing happen. In other words, we said in answer to prayer, God will give you the wisdom so that you know what to do. That's knowing his ways to cause that thing to happen. For example, you say good things happened in your life that you were not, doors were opened up. Let me give you an analogy to what might, exact things that can happen there. For example, you might have helped people that I need. All right, and those people were blessed on the inside. You helped somebody, all right? Maybe you even just helped somebody that 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 had a physical condition to cross the road, and that person in their heart pronounced the blessing on you. All right? Maybe you even helped your parents to do things, and and you didn't even know the prayer they said inside their heart. I mean, for example, let me just give an example here. All right, we're, we've set out to do, I think, about 100 people, but I think we've done 50 now, cataract from the last legacies. So not only do we do glasses, we now conduct operations, alright, behind the scenes. So we're doing operations. And the people are so outstanding because these were people that couldn't see again, that suddenly they can't see They are praying dangerous, making dangerous pronouncements. They call the office and they picked the phone. In fact, one of my staff said, she has to put it on speaker. Profound statement, on, on covenant christian center and all of that so you're a beneficiary of those prophetical utterances. so it can lead to things happening in your life but you are not even aware that you know you're not even aware so suddenly a door is opened by somebody to you and that person has said as you as a stranger came to visit us so shall strangers come and visit you understand what I'm saying and it's in new testament it's there, he said a prayer will abound." Uh, The Bible says, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him. God is not the person you tell that you have not paid me before he does it. Do you get this? So he opens up doors. So things can be happening there that as a result of that. But the very thing you are believing God for, what it actually takes to make it happen, you haven't done it. So in answer to prayer, God shows you the wisdom that you are believing for growth in this particular line of your business, and he shows you this is it. Now, but you haven't seen that, but you are just by chance, alright, throwing seeds all over the whole place that is causing things and events to come without you knowing that those things are happening. Okay? So that's why sometimes these things happen this way. The second question is that, talk about this now, yes, let me quickly answer this. Alright? I mean, the way you frame is not exactly what I was saying. Alright? The principle is that you keep your eyes on the unseen, and as you focus on the unseen, it begins to transform the scene. So what begins to happen is that that word begins to grow, it starts producing results. Now it's just like a farmer. If the word, if the seed now starts producing, and you stop watering the seed, and you are rejoicing in the fact that the seed has started producing, and you are not continuing to do what you're supposed to do, then that seed, the what has come, and will begin to wither. Are you following it? So, it's the same thing there. If there's improvement in the condition, then you abandon the process and you are now rejoicing in that particular manifestation and you keep your eyes on that, and you're no longer, then that thing will begin to wither and you will lose control. Finally, number 15 here, all right. Maybe some other time I'll take the others. But number 15, because I need to answer this. Most of the time, I'm really confused with this issue of faith and works because most preachers drag us to the extreme. For instance, the issue of saving for tomorrow or investing in shares or bonds as seen by some teachers of faith as putting your trust in things or as instead of God to secure a future. The same applies for healing of the body. How do we balance all this and we don't go, go behave foolishly in the name of faith or go to the extreme of creating idols out of things? And let me just say this here. For you as a teacher of the word of God to say that investment in all these things is putting your things in trust in things and not in God Putting it politely, it should be spiritually literate. They are not literate. Because when Jesus taught about money, he said, we gave talents to people. What did he say they did with the talent? He said they went to trade. This Jesus. And then he even complained about one. and said, you didn't trade. Which means you didn't invest. You didn't do anything. Okay, worst case scenario, give it to the bank. So that I can collect interest. So Jesus said that when I give money use money to do what? Trade. He was talking about financial instruments. That's what Jesus was saying. Right? So, to say that investment and to also say that uh, faith means that, which is, which is erroneous, that you know, you must spend everything that you have now, so that when you have a need, you are believing God afresh. For you to set something aside is an act of unbelief. Then, What Jesus said again was wrong about people keeping their oil. You should spend it so that when the door knocks, they believe God afresh from oil from heaven. Do you get what I'm saying here? Then Joseph too made a mistake. He shouldn't have saved anything when there was a rainy day. He should have been spending everything and said, Listen, my father, my great grandfather is Abraham, my grandfather is Isaac, my father is Jacob, the God of Abraham. Why didn't God hear Jacob and his other sons where they were? Are you following what I'm saying? The best you can get on that strange function is a raving will come and give you El Chippo blessing. <laughs> <laughs> what that what I'm saying? As a raven will bring five naira to you. On that, are you following this five naira? He'll bring it to you. The uh, Chief, here it's five. Or oh, what does that raven mean? It means you get up. And you can't find food. And you're just walking on the road. This is the meaning of it. And then you just see hundred naira blows or one thousand naira just blows. And you pick it up and you say, Yes. Ah, God, you are faithful. That's the operational level. If you don't get financial intelligence from God. Are you following me today? Okay? So God, alright, wants you. To say that, alright, is, is to say that you are no longer uh, depending right, there anybody who has that or who has money in the bank or who has, then the Bible say that a good man shall leave an inheritance for his children today? If he's spending everything, where is the inheritance to live, alright? And people say that. Now, people can use that, which is witchcraft, to collect people's money. In other words, you say, what are you saving for? What are you saving for? Empty your pockets, everything in your bank account. Bring it. Bring it. All right? And people have done that and they've been badly hurt. Okay? So, in terms of finances, Jesus understands financial instruments. I hope you are blessed by this. eh? God bless you. eh? Thank you very much. Thank you for listening.